0: Uh, Today, I'm going to talk to you about the uh, physical and sexual intimacy after infidelity and how we can heal the sexual and intimacy parts of the relationship. The, The title is From Ashes to Embers, Rekindling the Flame of Physical Intimacy After Infidelity. And I really like this title that I came up with because when there is infidelity, there, there is like a fire that can destroy the foundation, and a lot more of what's going on in a relationship. And it does feel that way, that we're left with ashes, the betrayed person is looking at the person who betrayed them, like, Who are you? And what are we? And what am I to you? And It's just like that. There's ashes. And yet, for the couples that I've worked with, many of the couples that have done my programs, that there are embers. There are embers that are still burning because there's a lot of good things that are going on in relationships, even when there's been infidelity. There could be a loving connection that's been there. There can be a building of a family. There can be a lot of good times. It's not simple, it's, it's complex. And so the question is, at least for those couples who decide to stay together and learn how to heal and hopefully thrive after the discovery of fidelity, how do we fan the embers? How do we get to rekindling this flame of physical intimacy after infidelity has been discovered? So there's no question that there's an impact that infidelity has on physical and sexual intimacy. Actually, for some couples, definitely not all, the immediate effects after the discovery of infidelity is actually an increase in um, the, the, the sexual intimacy. Not always, but for some couples, there's an increase. And why is that? And I would theorize that There's probably anxiety. There's fear and there's uh, more intensity of emotion, which could bleed into our sexual energy. There's also the fear of loss that makes us want to come together, both on the part of the betrayed person as well as the person who did the betrayal. That loss, that fear of loss, that sense of we're in trouble can oftentimes lead to more of a Getting together, the two of us, uh, before the reality sets in fully. Uh, Now, for some couples, though, that's not what happens. I would call that period a period of temporary limerence, you know, when there's this raw sexual energy. So a lot of couples that I've seen do say that, that uh, after the discovery, their sexual relationship gets passionate, maybe a lot more passionate than it ever was, or at least had been in a very long time. But for other couples, uh, that's not the case. And I, I want to say this about this this talk I'm giving here is that every couple is different. So there's some of the things that I might say might totally fit and resonate with you, and some might not. I would imagine though that for the most of what I'm going to be talking about today, that much of it will resonate with you. But anyway, there are couples where that limerence that that passion does not increase, and what happens with them is they actually the betrayed person just totally shuts down protects themselves pushes away maybe asks the person to move out or they move out those all those kinds of things can happen too and in in the um in terms of the couples where there's a temporary increase of passion i say it's temporary because it oftentimes and actually i can't remember a time when it lasted because what happens is reality sets in and the pain, the betrayal that the betrayed person feels, the hurt, the anger, the mixed feelings, so I stay, should I go, all that starts to come up after the shock wears off, wears off after um, they have maybe had that period of what we call limerence together, and then they shut down. So for some couples, the shutdown is immediate, some cut down, uh, for some couples, there's this increase of libido and connection and passion and then a shutdown. But ultimately, things change. They, because ultimately, couples, each partner they can't get away from the truth of what's going on, and they have to deal with the pain. I'll talk a little bit later about uh, as we, as couples who do take the steps to heal from infidelity, that how they're healing and their growth can impact physical intimacy and affection and sexuality in positive ways. But the temporary thing can look something like either the total the media shut shutdown or it's excitement and then shutting down. The key that what I want to talk about here is the power of open communication and vulnerability and how that is probably the initial and maybe most important primary thing that can reignite the spark of a couple who's going through this kind of a crisis open communication the ability to express oneself and of course no secrets being transparent as that continues the person who's betrayed might begin him or herself themselves to to be more vulnerable. And vulnerability is important in committed relationships for sexuality to happen. For a couple to have long-term passion, there has to be vulnerability. And after the discovery of infidelity, there are oftentimes, and I, this is a terrible thing in Fidelity, I've said this many times, it's really very hurtful, very destructive. At the same time, this crisis can sometimes become fuel for courage, for having more open communication, and for being more vulnerable. Because the person who betrayed is now exposed. You know, there's a shadow side of them that may be... the the part I didn't see before, and now is confronted with this part of this person that cheated. And now the person who betrayed it, it's like their stuff's out in the open. They're acting out parts, their younger parts, whatever we want to say that contributes to this acting out, is now out in the open. Things don't look as polished and wonderful as they did before. At the same time, the betrayed person who has been so traumatized, can show their ugly parts, I would say ugly, that's a bad word. Why did I say that? They're less than together parts. Uh, it might seem ugly to the person, but I, I don't look at it that way. I actually, that's why I didn't like that I used that word. Um, there are human parts. There's the parts that were devastated, that was hurt, that's angry, that doesn't want to be so forgiving and loving that wants to be destructive that wants to hurt. You know, the, all these parts oftentimes come out in uh, post discovery of the infidelity. And as tough as that is, if a couple can stay with it, and recognize the power of this open communication, and this vulnerability as their shadow sides are exposed, and they can stay connected, it can begin a process of building trust and reigniting the spark because one of the things that happens with people sexually is when they can be who they are, when they're free to be more of who they are, it does act like an aphrodisiac. Now, I'm not saying this happens quickly, but it could happen slowly. So I do think it's important to recognize the potential for growth and transformation and rebuilding intimacy that, again, starts with verbal communication. Verbal communication. Nonverbal openness, looking at each other, literally opening their hearts. I say literally because sometimes you, you can actually feel it. When I work with couples, I help them focus on that area. And, of course, there might be pain in this area, and pain in the belly area, pain and you know, anger. <clears throat> uh, but what we're really trying to do is help them connect more openly, more vulnerably. The other word I want to bring into it is depth. There's a certain depth of communication verbally that can happen post discovery of the infidelity where uh, because of these shadow sides they've been exposed. And there's, there, there, in order to stay connected during these times it forces each person to go deeper. To not live on the surface to not, they not they can't they can't make sure everything is good because things are such in disarray that uh, that it, it, it's, it's like forcing the the, the the nutshell to open up and when it opens up you start to see the softness the rawness and the depth the depth of desire to so maybe be together despite the pain the depth of pain, the depth of fear and to be able to stay with each other. That is the key. It's very difficult to do this without a therapist. That's what I do. There's also um, programs, which is the one that, um, well, if you're listening to this, it's either out or coming out, which is healing and fidelity from the inside out. Uh, these are These programs, as well as my own therapy, And coaching is um, sometimes instrumental to help people stay courageous and stay open when there might be parts of them that want to disengage. And as the person grows uh, uh, more deeply in communication, there's a concurrent opening in one's body that I've seen happen. With couples, and this is on. This is not the limerence I talked about earlier, where a couple gets together and they're just passionate, and it's based on fear and loss, and intense f- feelings and impulsivity. No, this is really this kind of opening up one's heart, one's body, one's touch, one's physical connection is happening because they are learning how to communicate more openly because they were forced open by the crisis, but then they have made the choice to stay with it and develop the emotional muscle to stay connected. Like I say, oftentimes with a coach or a therapist, some program, something. Um, I guess it's theoretically possible to do it on one's own, but it's very difficult. But however you do it, if you could, if you can um, stay on that deeper level, the body's, can open and there can be a reemergence of or maybe for the first time since the very beginning of a relationship where there's natural limerence and excitement and passion. Maybe you can experience that again. And this time it's because of your effort your your courage, your intent, your openness to stay with each other that lends itself to Um, a a more of a physical connection. And there's a certain amount of getting to know yourself and the other partner knows themselves, so that there's um, hopefully a more, I'll say healthy selfishness there as you get to know what it is that you want and need, and you're not living on the surface, you're living more deeply, you get to know you a little bit more, which then lends itself to a desire to get to know the other person a little bit more. You're not afraid of the depth. You're not afraid of these shadow sides of yourselves—the hurt, the anger, the sexual um, desires that maybe it was hard for you to share before. Uh, a lot of couples uh, they they do what they can to maintain the relationship, and they play it too safely. And now, because of the uh, the effects of this crisis you're forced out of safety. But then and then like I said, it's not a good thing infidelity is not a good thing. But it's what I've seen it, it can often lead to a kind of courage and a depth that wasn't there before. And so if you're a couple that is staying staying with us and beginning to experience that kind of reconnecting physically on a deeper level, exploring, exploring, you know, now that you're exploring each other, emotionally, you're now exploring each other physically, rebuilding trust, that if the physical intimacy becomes an expression of all that, the increased trust, the growth. And if a couple finds themselves in that position, it's important to embrace this journey that you've been on of rediscovery, and of celebrating these moments of connection, of maybe deeper connection than you've ever had. I'm someone who's seen couples go from such a state of disarray through working their way towards each other slowly, to becoming partners in pain, we call them pips. Partners in pain learn how to stay connected, develop the emotional muscle begin to develop more of a deeper foundation, a deeper relationship, which ends up leading to uh, a deeper physical connection that's based on trust, not fear, but based on trust, based on a vision of continually deepening as a couple. And they can enjoy this repair process and rediscovery process that's happening. And it is good to celebrate at those times. We never want to minimize the pain that the betrayed person has gone through. And of course, in a different way, the person who betrayed. But I have seen couples who have reconnected emotionally and sexually in ways they never have before. And that is just the truth of the history of what I've seen. So I just wanted to share a little bit of this kind of process that I've seen happening with probably hundreds and hundreds of couples that I've worked with. Not all of them get to celebrate a deeper physical connection that's built based on trust and openness. But many, many of them have. So thank you for listening. This is Todd Krieger making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.